Okay, well, praise the Lord, everybody. Um, um, thank you for inviting me into your home today. Um, obviously, we're having church the hard way right now, but we've been talking um, for several months about global glory, and uh, all the prophets of the land prophesied a big turnaround in 21 and all that, and frankly, we haven't seen with our natural eye uh, granted, we walk by faith and not by sight, but we haven't seen with our natural eye what we've been expecting. But that doesn't change our expectation. But what we need to do is uh, is dig deeper, dive deeper into the Word of God and, and uh, find out if, if maybe, just maybe, uh, we might be part of the problem. And so, and so we're going to look at that today. I, I was reminded when I, uh, I was reminded when I was, uh, Read in Numbers twenty three nineteen, you know, um, and, and and it took me to it took me to the fact that everything in life, everything in everything in your life right now, and everything that is determined in eternity is based on how you value how you value the Word of God. And so I had been watching because I'd been home um, uh, guarding my health. Uh, I'd been home. I'd been going to the Kenneth Copeland's Victory Bible School every day. And you're thinking, well, you've been, you know, you've been around a while. What are you going to Bible school? Because I'm hungry for the Word of God. I've always valued the Word of God, and I can look back over my life and see how it has profited me. I, you know, born and raised in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, and and a drug addict with not a whole lot of opportunity. But when I heard the word of God, when I heard the word of God really preached for the first time, I'm not talking about when I went to church for the first time. I'm talking about when I heard brother Kenneth Copeland preach the word of God and realized that I don't, that, that I don't have to accept sickness, that I don't have to accept poverty, that I don't have to accept lack. I, I was so hungry. And here I am all these years later and I still have that hunger and thirst for the Word of God. I never intended to learn it so that I could preach it. I, I was just so hungry for it that I would listen to. I, I remember one particular preacher, Bob Yandy, and he he had, I probably still have to this day, probably twenty or $30,000 worth of cassette tapes that I ordered through his ministry, two or three thousand, did I say twenty or thirty? Two or three thousand dollars worth of of material that that whenever I would get in my car, I didn't play music. I, I played the word of God. I, I needed to hear the word of God. And then I would take it, take these see these tapes and give them to other people and say, Man, you gotta listen to this. And they wouldn't even Oh yeah, listen to a part of this. And, and so and so, I, yeah, but then I, I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying that I realized early on that my hunger for the Word of God brought me into great favor with Him. And so over the years, I could name names of people that I've traveled with and hung out with that are so far above my station in life and that I still have on speed dial. And it was because of the, the value that, that I put on the Word of God. And it's kind of, it's kind of, well, let's read the verse. In verse 23, 19, we shared this before. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of a man that he should repent. Hath he not said, and shall he not do it? Has he not spoken, and will he not make it good? 
He said, I've spoken a commandment to bless you and I won't reverse it. And so when I look at this verse, I, I, I realize that the value that I put on the word of God, it's like, you know, you can tell somebody to share a scripture with somebody and they'll just walk away and forget all about it because the, because, you know, Peter one, four says, these are exceeding great and precious promises. And when you make the word of God precious, I mean, I looked at, uh, you know, I talk about Kenneth Copeland for a minute. They started out in an old station wagon uh, preaching the word of God. And I've been on their property many times and it's, it's glorious. And, but how did it get there? They made, they, they made their time so valuable to God that he had to get them a plane to get the word around. Like he, because they, because they honored him, he honored them. And so what, I'm, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying the more that you honor the word of God, the more the word of God will profit you in your life. And if you can tell some people hear the word of God and they say, ah, there's nothing to it. No, when you make it valuable, when you make it precious, it will change your life forever. And how do I do that? Well, you can create an appetite for anything. I've got friends right now on Facebook that keep smoking ribs and smoking food. Now we got James Can on there smoking hamburgers yesterday. Well, what does that do? It creates an appetite. You look at this. And so this is what the word of God is supposed to do. Don't lightly esteem it over in Samuel chapter two in the verse 30. I want to spend some time there over the next few weeks, but I just want to touch down there for a moment now. Uh, Samuel 2 and verse 30. It says, uh, and just reading the latter part of the verse, God said, God said, for those that honor me, I will honor, and those that despise me will be lightly esteemed. And so, you know, estimate, esteem, uh, uh, it, it's it's not a it's it's not that you're it's not that you're denying God. It's just that you're dismissing His word as not all that important to you. But he but he, but here's when he says the word honor here. It's the same word for glory. It's what the word kabod and mean. It means you give it weight. It's heavy. It's important to you. And so, and so he said, but if you, if you, if you, if you despise or reject my word, he said, lightly esteemed really is the best picture of it that you can have is if there's steam on the mirror and you can't see your reflection, you just wipe it out of the way. You know, so it's kind of like whatever it's no, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you, when you look at people in the world today and they'll, they'll say, I mean, you know, disrespect, but. Let me tell you what you're going to get right then is a whole bunch of disrespect because there is no respect because you don't carry any weight with that person. And so this is what I have found too. Like I, I again, I look back over, over my life, Pastor Paul's life, people that we've hung out with and traveled with and things like that, because we esteemed them highly uh, ben Priest would be a good example. Mac Gober would be another example. People that you might not even know today. Uh, you, you know, Mark Hankins is one of the high, you know, high. But, but what be, we never, ever got to the place with them that we became so familiar that we took their words lightly. 
I had Milo the favor call me the other day, and I could tell the the anointing of the prophet was on him, and he spoke a word to me. Now he's my buddy, he's my friend, but when it, when that voice comes, I listen because I highly esteem the word of God, and so I'm encouraging you. And, and these to. to if you're not there to create an appetite, because you can't fake it, <laughs> you can't fake hunger, <laughs> but you can, he said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You can create an appetite for the things of the spirit of God. So again, the word kabod means to be heavy, to be weighty, to prefer, to show high respect, a keen sense of right and wrong, an act of reverence. And so it's, and again, you're not putting somebody up, you're putting the word of God up. And so it's the word of God on somebody that, 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 that you respect, right? So, you know, 230 would be, like he said, those that honor me, I will honor, but those that dishonor me, it's the word quail. It means light, insignificant, treat with contempt, to shame, to discredit, to wound, to insult, to evaporate like steam. Failure, how about this failure to recognize value? Failure to recognize value. It's kind of like, you know, when you come into this church, there are people here that serve all the time. And you could easily just dismiss them until you stop and think about the value that they bring to your life. And I tell you, sometimes when you're sitting home, for a while dealing with health issues or dealing with a pandemic, it gives you time to take a good look at the people that God has put in your life and recognize and value and highly esteem them to put them. And I'm not talking about putting them up in a, in a, in a, a place. I mean, Jesus wouldn't even do that with himself. What I'm talking about is re the respect level to begin to respect like the world today. There was a guy there was a guy on uh, Nova Scotia trout fishing that I was reading the other day. And he was all mad because nobody would show him where to go fish. I thought, is, are we that entitled now that, that, that we got to expect somebody? And he was using flowery speech. Nobody will show me and I don't have a good internet connection and I can't find the places to fish. I'm thinking, are you really like that? Are, you really think that you're entitled let me just say something. God is not going to give any of us what we deserve. <laughs> you don't want what you deserve. What you deserved was laid on Jesus. <laughs> and so respect that. <laughs> you owe me. No, no, no one owes you anything. And, you, and everybody that's in your life is either a blessing or a lesson, but they're there for some purpose. And you can learn, I, I, you know, you can learn something for somebody that's been saved three months. You don't have to be like the, the publican and the, and, the, and the sinner in Luke chapter 18 where he said, I thank my God I'm not like you. <laughs> I thank my God I'm so much better than you. No, no. The better that we are is in Christ. In Christ. Let's go to Isaiah 29. Uh, yeah, so 29, 13. Let's go to 29, 13. He says, uh, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as the people... Draw near me with your mouth and with your lips honor me, but have removed your heart from me. And there, and they fear toward me is, is taught as a precept of men. In other words, you know, here, here's Proverbs uh, 1, 7, I think, and in another place as well. 
says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And he's not about talking about cowering in fear, but he's talking about having to respect, respect. He's not my buddy. He's not my friend, although he is that. He is the creator of the universe, and he's to be treated with respect all the time. You know, I, I remember when I first started going to church, I didn't have any, any fancy clothes, so I would press my blue jeans. What was I doing? I was going somewhere important. And I think somehow we've lost a, a bit of that, too, along the journey. This is important. Going into the house of God is important. Hearing the word of God is important. Oh, well, it's Pastor Paul, and I heard him before. No, no, it's God speaking through a man, and I need to give him respect. I need to listen to him. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, it's, it's this, these are things that we want to make sure that we don't become so familiar with the voice or the vessel that we lightly esteem the vessel. To always remember that I came here to meet with God. I didn't come to hear from a man. I know that he'll use a man's vocal cords, a man's lips, and, and sometimes even the man. But I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to hear from heaven. So he said, like, because honor begins in the heart. And honor is really allegiance. To me, honor is being allied to, to, to God's promises, to God's purposes. To hold his word is to, to be able to share this even in an empty room. <laughs> it's like to, share, to be able to, like I have, I've telling you, I've, I've let some things slip over the years and I, and I'm, I'm, and I want to get them back. I, I don't ever want to say, oh, just another service. No, no, I'm getting to go to church. I'm getting to go to the house of God. It's important. Matter of fact, it is the most important thing that I'm ever going to do with my life. It's to, in all through time and all through eternity, it's how I, how I regard the word of God. Oh, I've heard him preach that before. <gasps> no, no. No, I'm hearing it again for the first time. This book is alive. This book is a supernatural book. And I don't care how many times you read it, you're going to get something new out of it every time. Unless you just blah, 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 blah. No, when I'm just blah, 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 I have lost my esteem for it. It's like, you know, you get daily devotionals sent out here every day from the church. Now, I tell you, I don't read them because if I read it, I'll preach it. But the value, but that doesn't diminish the value of it just because I'm telling you, those things are valuable. Those things are precious because they're bringing your focus for the day back to where it needs to be, to focus in on the Word of God and to also recognize the fact that somebody took the trouble. Somebody went to all the, the trouble and time, valuable time. They could have been doing other stuff with this time to take the time to put that out there for you, for you to lightly esteem it. You see what I'm saying? Like we need to bring the value, the honor back into the things of the Spirit of God. That's, that's the point of this message right now, as a matter of fact. So let's go to Matthew 15. You know, again, over these next few services, I'm hoping to stir you up and to stir myself up to remind myself of how important the Word of God is so that I'm reading it fresh every time I open it up. And, and again, so we're Matthew chapter 15 and verse 8 says this, the people draw near unto me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, 
but the heart is far from me. Again, I, I had somebody say that just the other day, said, I don't mean any disrespect. And I said, yeah, that's what the devil says. I don't mean any disrespect, but now I'm totally going to disrespect you. If you don't mean any disrespect, you wouldn't have a word to say. <laughs> if you really had respect and honor for somebody, you wouldn't even open your mouth regarding that, right? Is that right, or am I just making this up? What? <laughs> how about how about uh, Matthew chapter 15 and verse 8? For these people draw near me with their mouth with, and honor me with their lips. Their heart is far from me. Their heart is far from me. And, uh, they, and again, this honor is high respect shown by rank. And honor, here's what honor did in my life. I can look back over. I've been married now for 35 years in a couple of days. God bless Nancy. Um, but, but, but when I look at the doors that have been opened for me, it's all because of honor. It's all because of respect. I mean, this might not mean anything to you, but I've driven Kenneth Copeland in, in my car a couple of times. And, and those, those are things to me. I told him that the first time I ever drove, drove him in my car, that was one of the highest honors God ever gave me. I stood and held Mac Gober up. If you ever read his book during his last service on the planet earth, I was there standing by his side, holding him up. And those things, you younger people, you might not know who they are. You listen to the sons in the faith, but let me tell you the fathers in the faith, people like Kenneth Hope and Keith Moore and people like that, they have got depth in the word of God that you're not just going to find in the younger people right now. It takes years of, it takes years of walking those things out to be, to, to get like that. And so just because you get close to those people, you know, it's closeness doesn't do it. I, I look at a guy like Keith Moore and I'm thinking, well, back in 1982, there was 500 people applying for healing school. And he was one of the ones that got selected. And he asked God why, and he said, because you're hungry for my word. The other 500 weren't. I mean, you can hang around, but are you, are, you just, are you just going for it? So it's, it opens up doors in all areas of your life. Honor will open up doors for you in every area of your life. And God wants you to have those open doors. Because honor is like a magnet. And, and dishonor is the opposite. When you honor, I guarantee you this, if you honor somebody, if you honor some preacher that you listen to all the time, God will bring that person into your life. Somehow, some way, you'll meet Ben Priest. Somehow, some way, those things happened. And now, you, you, you talk to Tribe of Judah people. We go down there to those meetings, and there's a couple of thousand people there, but the one that's with Ben Priest is Gary Hooper. How did that happen? Honor. Total honor, not trying to get next to him and try to butter up to him and, and none of that. No, no, just honor, honor his space too. Not try to push in and get to know somebody. No, the honor will do it. The honor is the magnet, I'm telling you right now. By experience, honor is a magnet. Matter of fact, I'm talking about Pastor Ben today. He'll probably call me this afternoon. <laughs> that's the way, that's the way that it works. Mark and Trina Hankins, if you're not plugged into their ministry, you need to wake up. <laughs> I'm telling you, you need to wake up. You want to get a revelation in 2 Corinthians 4, 13 and 18 and all of that, and, and the just living by faith and, and a, a Paul's system of truth. It's all there and it's all available. Create a little bit of an appetite. Okay. All right. Let's go to Mark 5. Only because we, over in Mark 5, we can see what dishonor does. 
I think it's a Mark 5. No, it's Mark 6. It's Mark 6. Oh, yes. Okay, Mark 6, 5 and 6. No, verse 4. Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor. And again, kabod, heavy weight. He, a prophet carries no weight. We could say it this way. A pastor carries no weight in his own church sometimes. I remember, and again, I'm not talking about our church. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about waking up the church. We had a guy that used to come out to Rock Church once or twice a year. And he was an older guy. I forget his name now, an Australian guy. And he would come out there and preach. And the power of God would move through the place. Wow. And so then I, I, I was talking to somebody from his church out west one time. And they said, nothing happens here. Why? Because, because, of, because of these verses right here. Jesus, he's without honor in his own country and amongst his own people and in his own house. Why? Because I know Pastor Paul. Because I know John Lyons, because I know James, whoever we want to pick, because we know them, we we fail to recognize sometimes or honor the office. This this really started back in the 60s, I think, probably 50, 60 years ago, disrespect to the point where I found myself just recently talking about the politicians and, and throwing them in the dirt. And God's saying, you want to learn honor all over again, because I've got a place to take you now that you haven't been before. And the first thing that you need to learn is honor and respect for for offices and to not, you know, dismiss, despise, uh, low estimation, estimate, lightly esteemed estimate, to, to, to devalue the people that God has placed in office because I don't agree with the choice. And so, and, and, and I know that there's, I know that there's all kinds of wrong in the country, but my focus needs to be on what's right, doing what's right and living right and honoring the things that God honors. So it says here, he couldn't do any, he was without honor because they knew him and he was in his own house. He could, look, it, it didn't say that he didn't want to either. It doesn't say that he didn't want to. It says there he could do no, th- there he could not do any mighty works, save lay hands on a few sick people and get them healed. And so now, and, 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 and he marveled because of their unbelief. This is, this is the culture of Nazareth when he went there, but this is the culture in our city. This is the culture in our province. This is the culture in our nation. We want global glory, but until honors, honor and glory, you can't, you'll be changed from glory to glory. You'll be changed from, from the way that you honor the things of the spirit of God from one place to another. And the change will not happen without honor, without respect for the things of the spirit of God for and again, we're talking about being holy. What is being holy? It's respecting the things of God. It's like lots of times when, you know, over the years we'd watch, you know, I, I, I go back a bunch of years and we had a, a guy in charge of the ministries of helps and he would always try to get volunteers and he could never get any because he valued the people more than the job. The job is what gets the, the God's purpose is where the value lies. 
you're not about getting volunteers. You're about accomplishing his purpose. And when you set your life and set your goal at accomplishing his purpose, he'll make sure that you've got everything that you need. People say, how did he get a couple get a plane? How did he get blah, blah, blah? Because his time was not his own. He gave his time to make God's time. And God said, Kenneth, your time is so valuable to me. I've got to get you moving. I've got to get you going further. Because you value my word so highly, I'm going to value what you do so highly. So over this next 10, 20 years, whatever time we got left, and by the way, I know you got a lot of doom and gloom people out there now. we got people now preaching that we're over in Revelation chapter 8 or 9. Let me clarify that with you. Revelations 1 Chapter 2 and chapter 3 address the church. Chapter 4 and verse 1 says, come up here until I show you what's going to happen after that. The church does not get mentioned again until chapter 19. So all of that in between there, that's not, that's not Jim Baker selling you protein powder so that you can survive the earthquakes and the tornadoes. That's not, that's, I'm not saying he's wrong in doing that. I'm saying that's not where the church is right now. The church is here with a purpose, not to save up water and, and put away rations. Now, granted, I haven't said that too, though. I guess I should clarify. You should, I should always have a month in advance. We found out with toilet paper a couple of years ago. No, no, you should have an extra supply of food. You should have some cash on hand in case the ATM machines, like panic is so rampant out there, they can, they can, they can empty a Costco store in a day. So you, so you have to, there's nothing wrong with having reserves. It's the motivation that you have in getting that reserve. You're not in panic. He still has ravens that he can feed you by the brook. I mean, that, that sounds pretty supernatural. We, we forget so many times that this is a supernatural book. We're so living in the natural realm. This book is miracles from the front to the rear of the book. It's just one thing after another, but we've gotten so reasonable and so rational that we can figure it all out. But, but again, it's only because we need to get back to highly esteeming the word of God. Amen to that. Amen, whether you agree or not. Amen. <laughs> because, uh, you know, uh, where can we go now, Lord? He marveled because of our unbelief. And then what did he do next? And so he went about teaching and taking the limits off, getting the limits off, take the limits off. Let's go to Hebrews um, chapter 5. It's so good to be sharing the Word of God. <laughs> By the way, my doctor had told me to stay home and not not do anything that would cause me anxiety. And um, <laughs> I'm not having any anxiety right now. Just, I understand they're trying to protect my health. And I'm very grateful for the doctors that are working on my case right now. But I know that God's working on my case. My God. Um, let me see. I thought it was Hebrews chapter five. It could be chapter six. Well, I'm going to read these verses anyway, just because they're so good. <laughs> Verse eight in Hebrews five says this, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. 
and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all those that obey him, called to be called by God by, after the order of Melchizedek. And by these many things, it's hard to be uttered, seeing that you're dull of hearing. For the time came when you should be teachers has passed by again, because you need to first lead, learn the principles of the oracles of God. And you, you, you have need of strong, you have need of milk rather than strong meat, because you're not just ready for the strong meat at this time. And so, but again, I'm getting back to, I, I want to get back to how I honor, how you honor the word of God. How about, um, how about um, Peter chapter one? First Peter chapter one. Uh, Verse 4 says that we have an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, Look at this, knowing that the trial of your faith, being more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried by fire, might be found, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. You realize what he's saying to you right there? He's saying that the most precious, maybe you're thinking money is it, or maybe you're thinking a new home and a new car is it. No, he's telling you that in his value system, in God's value system, there's again, there's not you were you were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb because there wasn't enough gold, there wasn't enough silver, there wasn't enough platinum, there wasn't enough of anything to buy you back, and so your your value might be in gathering up things and in in, in material things. God is saying you cannot serve me. And ma'am, and you'll, you'll love the one and despise the other. He's saying, what I'm telling you is the most precious commodity that you have. The most precious thing that you own is your faith. Your faith is what God is after. Your faith, matter of fact, it says that at the end of the age, when rewards are given out, the reward is going to be given to you based on the faith that you exercised here on the earth. It's not going to be how much money you accumulated. It wasn't how great a building program that you had that you actually saved God some money. God is not interested in saving money. God is interested in fulfilling his purpose. And you cannot outspend God when it comes to fulfilling purpose. His purpose is, what's material when, it's, when we're talking about the purposes of God? No, he's saying, I don't want you to focus on... Oh, I saved so much. It's kind of like the guy with the talents. He buried it. God is saying, I don't want you to bury it. He said, I want you to invest in my kingdom. And to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added onto you. He said, your purpose, when you, when, you, when you pursue your purpose, the provision will follow you always, 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 always. So lots of times we're praying for a provision because it's a purpose that we didn't you know, when he said, trust in me with all of your heart, lean not on your own understanding in all of my ways, acknowledge you. He's saying, don't just get part of the answer and take off doing stuff. 
He said, in all of my ways, that's being in communion with the Holy Ghost all day long, every day. Trust me, acknowledge me in all of your ways and I will direct your steps. And it's not about how much money you accumulate. It's it, what, what, what most important to God, he said, is at the end of the day and throughout all of eternity, the greatest thing that you'll ever have to present to me is your faith. He said, look what it says here. He said, though it be tried by fire, be fine to praise, praise and honor and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when you, then when you read through the uh, Corinthian letters, he says that some will be brighter than others, like, like stars. Some will be brighter than others. Why? Because of the investment that they made in faith. There could be somebody sitting in here. I mean, just believe in God for the next you know, for enough gasoline to get home. But the, the most precious thing to them is not you buying their gasoline. The most precious thing to them is they believe in God. To, like, like, we, 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 we look at it all wrong. We, we, we do serve men. And if, we, if we're thinking that, that, you know, those are the things that are important to God, his value system is nothing like our value system. Nothing. He's saying, come on, I see your faith. I see your faith. He marveled at his faith. Such faith as this, I haven't seen in all of Israel. What is that? And it's the only, who knows, it might be the only thing he ever did. <laughs> but it got God's attention, got Jesus' attention. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I think I should probably stop here and save some for another day. <laughs> but I'm hoping you understand. I'm hoping you understand. Well, let's go back to our final verse. We're gonna we're gonna spend some time here later, uh, but I just want to look in Samuel chapter two, just for a second here, and just read the verse again. Where is Samuel? Okay, yep, yep. Verse thirty again. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel said, "I indeed, I, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever." But now the Lord saith, be it far from me, for those that honor me, I will honor, and those that dishonor me, I will lightly esteem. We could read it again in Genesis 12, 3, you know, and that's when God said to Abraham, he said, I blessed you to be a blessing, to make your name great. And, and, and he said, he said, those, he said, I'll bless those that bless you. And I think in Genesis 12, it says, and curse those that curse you. But the real curse is, uh, he's not going to point a curse on you is lightly esteem you lightly esteem you and so we don't want to be lightly esteemed we want to be um like he said in second peter one and four make the word precious make the word precious and when the church doors are open be there why just out of respect for god it's not i got to i've got to go to church no don't say that anymore i gotta go to church i'd rather no make Make God, make his word your priority. It's the most important. It's what you, all of eternity is going to be based on how you, how much value you put on the word of God. Think about the people that you know that are backslidden out there. They didn't value the word of God. And so the word that they had was taken from them because the Bible says it will. He said, those that, you know, that he said, I'll take it away and give it to somebody else. You don't want to be that person in 2021. Anyway, God bless you. And um, again, send in prayer requests. We'll, we'll pray for you. We love you. 
Thank you again for having us in your home. Fire yourself up. Fire yourself up in Jesus' name. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.